All right, so um, last week, uh, the, well, we started a series last week called uh, A Man and His Mission. And uh, last week, Hunter kind of showed us the entire, like, roadmap of, uh, of Scripture and our purpose and, uh, and where we are on that. And he, he literally showed us a roadmap. I did know what those were. I have not used one. <laughs> um, so if last week was the whole roadmap, this week we're kind of doing the, the you are here um, location. So our purpose in God's design and his plan. Um, yeah. And so if we look at our plan and our purpose of our lives, we really need to start with a firm foundation. Um, and because if we start building our purpose on something that just isn't firm and isn't trustworthy, then it'll all fall apart. Um, so um, to go into this, uh, in the summer of 2018, I was 18 years old. I know. I'm really young. <laughs> in summer of 2018, I was 18 years old. I was working as a, a youth intern for the church I grew up in, and uh, we were at a high school camp. Um, and during this, like, summer, I'm really, like, trying to explore, man, like, what's my call? What's my purpose? Um, I didn't want to go to college yet because um, I, was, I was really, like, looking for a call to ministry. I had felt the call to ministry. I was trying to figure out what's my purpose in that. My church had given me some opportunities. So I didn't want to go to college quite yet. And so I find myself at this high school camp helping out um, these youth. And um, it was a really cool camp. Uh, this camp was being taught by a guy named Ben Stewart, um, who is a, a pastor up in Washington, D.C. Um, and I looked up to him a lot and heard a lot of his stuff, so I was really excited to, to be a part of that week and to, to learn from him. And then I find myself um, a part of like a question and answer time with like five people and Ben Stewart, which was like kind of a really big deal to me. I was like, ah, I've been looking so much for like my purpose and calling, and there's this guy I've been looking up to now that I can just like sit down and ask questions of. And so we get to a point where I ask him this question. I was like, hey, like, how did you find your purpose in calling to be a preacher? And he's like, well, I'm actually, like, not called to be a preacher, which is, like, shocked me, floored me. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, you're one of the greatest preachers I've heard. How are you not called to be a preacher? He said, well, my actual calling is, to, like, to know God. My actual calling is to know God and make him known in this world. And I was like, what? Like, what does that even, what does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? <laughs> um, and he said, so often, like, we find our vocation, and we, we call that our purpose. But he said, that's, that's not a firm foundation. Because if I lose my voice tomorrow, and my purpose is to be a preacher, then I'm broken. I, have no, I no longer have a purpose. But if my purpose is to know God, and how I make him known is by preaching, and if I lose my voice, I still have a purpose of making him known in this world. And so I learned that as an 18-year-old, and that kind of flipped my world upside down of the, the purpose of, my new purpose is to know God and make him known. And the truth is that's always been my purpose. I've just been trying to find some things of a checklist to like kind of check off and be like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to do this. I guess I'm supposed to do this. But I didn't have that firm foundation of knowing God and making him known. So if we start there, there's still more to the story, right? That's a firm foundation, but there's still more that we're supposed to do with that. Like, there's still ways that we can know God and make him known. Um, in Genesis chapter 2, the very beginning of verse 15, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. 
from the very beginning, we have a design, which Hunter showed us last week as well, that before even the fall, we were supposed to do work. We were supposed to work. We were supposed to keep. Um, it never was our calling to sit idle and to be bored because a bored man can be a dangerous man. Um, some of you might know this, but I've actually, like, uh, I do a lot of, like, music production and things like that, and I've actually, like, toured with a couple of music groups around. Um, and I've always found, like, when you, when you think about, like, concerts and artists, you often think of, like, not great things like drugs and alcohol and other things like that. And I, I was talking to a guy. He says, the reason why you see, like, so many artists fall into that is because for, like, most of the day, we're just sitting around bored. Like, we're just traveling from city to city, and then, you know, your show goes on at 7, and then you get done with that, and then you're, like, up to, like, 3 a.m. and traveling to the next city. He said, the reason, like, why so many people fall in the music industry is because they, like, are just bored all the time, and they're just trying to find things to do and things to cope with. A bored man can be a really dangerous man. We're called to work and keep and grow our relationship with God. We're called to create. We're called to be active. And then a couple of verses later in Genesis 2.18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make a helper fit for him. We're called to be in a relationship. A lot of that, that means for us uh, a relationship with our, with our wives um, or a relationship with our kids. But even if that's not you, we're still called to be in a relationship with each other and with the church and with God. We're called to grow together. Because oftentimes, just like those artists I was talking about, they're bored, but they're also away from their families. Like, a lot of them aren't even fulfilling their purpose anymore. They're just playing songs. We're called to work, to keep, and to be in relationship with one another. And we're also called to fear God. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Also in Ecclesiastes, it says, Ecclesiastes 12, it says, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Uh, I struggled a lot with, like, man, what does it mean to fear God growing up? I was like, oh, so there's this all-powerful being that I'm just supposed to be scared of all the time. And the truth is that, I mean, yeah, it is kind of scary that he has all control of everything in the entire world and would be bigger than I ever thought anything ever could be. But the truth is that he still loves us. And there is a love, there is a fear that also holds love. And oftentimes we call it, like, respect and reverence. And I think it is that. I think it's also more than that in a lot of ways. Like, it's not just respect. Like, I mean, you respect a fire, but it can still burn you. But it's also kind of weird when that fire still loves you. Um, so it's something I'm still diving into, still learning. But, man, I think that's, like, kind of the pursuit of the rest of our lives is learning that fear of God, but to know him and to love him, to have that reference for him. And then we're also called to glorify God and enjoy him forever. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Man, this just means that we're, we're called to enjoy life. Like, so oftentimes we think of work as just putting our heads down and putting our hands to the plow, and it's just hard, and don't talk to anyone else. It's kind of lonely. 
But, man, we're called to enjoy life, right? Like, God's made things for us to enjoy, even in our work. Um, I, I, I find joy um, leading worship with David, even though it's hard sometimes. <laughs> I find joy in, the, in uh, my marriage, even though it's hard sometimes. Uh, I find joy in, uh, in ministry, even though it's hard sometimes. But uh, I know at the end of the day, that's what I was made for. Um, so yeah, we're meant to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that includes every part of our lives. Not just Sunday mornings, not just spiritual things, but every part of our life, we're meant to enjoy and glorify God in every way that we can. So we have this foundation of knowing God and making him known. And we have kind of a list of things throughout the Bible that we're supposed to do to continue to build on that, which really helps us know God and make him known better. Um, so where do we fall short? See, the truth is, is that oftentimes when we look for our purpose in life, we try and find a checklist, right? We try and find something we can accomplish. We try and find something we can do. We try and find some hidden secret that we haven't found yet. But the truth is, is that we already know. Uh, we already know the truth. We already know the secret. There, I mean, yes, there's still, still things to uncover, still things to grow in. But the truth is, often in our purpose in life, we try and find something that we already know. Our purpose in life has already been written on our hearts from the beginning. There's no, there's no deep hidden secret that once you find it will unlock a new purpose in your life. There's no life coach phrase or motivational video. The truth is, is that the secret's been with us all along. And that's the gospel. And the love of Christ written on our lives. I think we find ourselves so many times trying to find the checklist because it's easy for us. Once we check it off, it, like we're, we're trying to find the purpose that we can accomplish ourselves, right? Because the truth of the gospel is, is, is kind of a hard thing to grasp. Like it's kind of a hard thing to grasp that at the end of the day, that you're not worth it. Like, I mean, that you, not that you're not worth it, that you're not capable of it. That there's no ladder that you can climb to achieve the goal. Like, we'll, we'll always fall. We'll always stumble. We saw that for thousands of years in the Old Testament. The truth is, is that we can't earn our way to salvation. We can't earn our way to grace. But God sent his son to love us, and to, to come after us and to restore that relationship. And so oftentimes, it's easier for us to try and earn our way to Christ than it is to accept that he's already done it for us. It's easier for us to try and earn our way to Christ or bury ourselves in shame instead of knowing that God has already paid the price. So if you'll turn with me to Acts 17, we'll start in verse 20. So in Acts 17, uh, verse 22, actually. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Oropagos, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. 
What therefore you worship as unknown. This is this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of all heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. You see, I think so often we try and make this spiritual checklist because we think we'll earn favor with God that way. That's how a lot of my, uh, my life was growing up and my household was growing up. It's like the love that you're given and the favor that you're given is based on what you bring to the table. And if you can, if you can perform well, if you can make this family look good, then we will love and appreciate you, right? And I think so often we structure our lives like that. Like if people do us wrong, then we love them a lot less, right? And if people bring us favor, then we tend to love them a lot more. But that's not the love that we see that God has for us. That's not the love that we see in the Bible that he's shown for us. We see that he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything from us at all. And the truth is that all the things that God asks us to pursue isn't so that he'll finally be better. The truth is, is that he's trying to win our own hearts to glorify him, right? He's more concerned about the relationship than what we do, right? He's not as concerned about the checklist, but he's concerned that we're doing something, right? He's concerned that we're pursuing after him, right? He's not served by human hands alone, and he doesn't need us, but the truth is, is that he loves us. That he sent his son to die for us, that while we were at our worst, that he loved us. Not while we were praying every single day and reading our scripture and in a small group that he finally, finally loved us. He loved us from the beginning. He loved us at our worst. He loved me at my worst. And that's a hard truth to hold sometimes. Because I feel like it's easier for us to feel loved when we're doing everything right. It's easier for us to feel like we've earned that love, right? But the truth is that we never earned that love. The truth is that it was given to us from the beginning when we were created. The truth is we don't have to earn that love. So our purpose is to know God and make him known we have these things like glorifying him forever and enjoying him forever and being honorable and faithful to our, our wives and the people around us, um, we often fall into a few struggles, right? Like we just talked about, like oftentimes we try and make a list, which at the end of the day, if you make that list and you were able to do everything perfectly, you'd still have pride to fight in that Colosseum, right? You'd still be like, oh, well, look what I did to be in relationship with you, right? You still have that pride to fight. And so the main struggles of man are pride, right? Some say that the root of all sin is pride. Some is that I know better than the creator of the universe, right? And I think often a struggle for us as well is integrity, right? And we'll, we'll look one way on Sunday, but then when we get home, things can be a lot scarier, right? Or when we're, we're, in, we're in private, things can be a lot scarier, or we tend to, like, not show our full selves, right? So pride and integrity are huge struggles, and then we we're talking about this actually in, in middle school and high school and student ministry is that we often fall into anger, right? That's a big, big struggle for men. And it's not that like anger at its core 
is bad is that we tend to lash out, right? Or we tend to hold things down, and we tend to lash out. And then maybe if you're not angry, maybe once you figure that out, which I, I had to deal with a lot of anger when I was younger, and I know I'm still young. <laughs> but once, once we figured that out, we tend to lean the other way, right? We tend to be super passive, just not present at all. So it seems like we're always in this losing battle, right? There's always things to check. But the truth is, is that, that Christ is good enough. And that there are ways to overcome these things. And, and those, those, the way we come overcome those things is by fulfilling our purpose, right? To know God, to grow our relationship deeper and deeper with him, and to grow into a relationship with each other, right? Yeah. And so if we build these things and we build our relationship of, of knowing God, um, out of knowing God and out of that relationship, one-on-one, right, is really where we start to see our relationship with each other grow, right? It's the overflowing of this relationship that helps this relationship, right? If you, if you know someone, man, I could talk to you for a long time about how amazing my wife is, right? And that's because I've, I've built such a strong relationship with her, and I've seen so many things that she's overcome and so many things that she's done and so many things that she's done to make me better that I, I want to share those things with other people. I want to show people how amazing my wife is. And the same thing is true with our relationship with Christ. And if you spend time, if you grow your relationship with him, you'll want to share that relationship with others. And it, it just happens a lot. Um, when, when Jesus is at the center of your relationship, man, everything you do starts to fall into that. Uh, yeah. We've heard the, the story of, of Marvin at, at work at the grocery store, um, praying with that woman. If his relationship with Christ wasn't strong, then that would have never happened, right? Um, yeah. And so um, Jonathan's given us uh, three questions a lot that I think can really kind of intersect of the relationship of knowing God and making him known. And uh, the three questions, if you haven't heard them, are, are what breaks your heart? The first one is what breaks your heart? What things in this world uh, just has God shown you that just, that just breaks your heart? For me, it has to do a lot with students and, and broken families. And all of it's because I come from that. But man, that, that stuff just breaks my heart. It wants me to intercede and to help. And then what, what needs are around you is the second question. And where can you help? I mean, for me, we have a, a student ministry that I, I'm very lucky to be a part of. Um, so what breaks your heart? And out of that, what needs are around you? And then what do you have to work with? Uh, for me, I, I like playing guitar and music. And so I help that with the student ministry, help lead them in worship. I'm also uh, teaching some, which is going pretty well. Um, yeah, so what breaks your heart, what needs are around you, and what do you have to work with? And this really brings a practicality to what it looks like to know God and make him known in this world, right? Like it gives us opportunity to make him known in this world and to find the broken people around us and to be the grace and mercy of Christ that he's called us to be, and to be his body and his church. So at the end of the day, our purpose is to know God and make him known. And he's called us to do that in a lot of ways. Um, the thing I'll, I would challenge you with is to be a loyal husband or to be a loyal father, maybe even both. 
And if you don't have children, if you don't have a wife, then be a, a, a loyal mentor to someone around you. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a, a man in the church that really stepped up in my life. And he, his family honestly became my family. So seek out people. Be a loyal father, be a loyal husband, be a loyal mentor, and be a person that people can turn to. Have integrity so people aren't afraid to come to you with their guilt and shame and the things they've, they've wronged. Be a person that people can turn to and be faithful in that. And don't try to climb the ladder yourself. Don't make a checklist. Don't try and work your way to salvation. But know that God has already climbed down the ladder for you. And then as we're on our journey, man, help others along the way. Stay further up and further in, uh, as, as C.S. Lewis says. That we're, we're going somewhere. We're not meant to be idle. We're going somewhere. So knowing God, making him known is our purpose in this world. And through that, uh, we can find joy and, and peace in a lot of things we do, even amidst hard trials. Um, so I'm going to close us out um, just with uh, a couple questions for us to discuss uh, at our tables. Um, and the first question is this. It is, what is the biggest obstacle of making Christ known in your daily life? So what is the biggest obstacle of making Christ known in your daily life is the first question for us to discuss. And the second question is, is knowing that there is a connection between knowing God and making him known, what do you need to pick up in your own life or what do you need to put down to be more faithful? So we'll have a few minutes of discussion in that and then I'll close this in prayer. Thank you.